playing the Radical Latino Show. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands in the air for New York's very own. Latino is taking you to another level. People, welcome back to another episode of the Radical Latino Show. It's your host with the most, <laughs> the Radical Latino. What is popping, my people? How is everybody's day going? How is everybody's week going? I hope everybody is doing fine. Again, most of us is, you know, still in quarantine. Most of us is not in quarantine. So I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is, you know, um living living good and everything is is a-okay with y'all you know what i'm saying i hope everything is like that with you guys now this right here is episode 104 geez 104 so i got a lot a lot to talk about my first of all before i get into it i want you know how i like to give you guys some updates um my last <laughs> my last episode was crazy crazy controversial extremely controversial and um because you know my uh, you know the way i believed and the way i went about it now um before i go and read the comments and all that you know for that but i want to say is if with that episode if you disagree with me that's cool. If you have a different of opinion, that's cool. Because that episode was so controversial. Uh, I ended up having a live discussion on it and people joined in and I ended up changing my mind on certain points. Um, and I can admit when I was out of pocket, I was wrong. I can admit that, you know, and I was definitely wrong in that situation by you know saying the certain things that i said and talking about how um you know that you know you gotta you gotta pick one or whatever the case is because in in certain instances i definitely believe that certain instances i don't i did see a, a more of a difference of opinion and i did see where i was pretty much like you know uh uh you know hard-headed when it came to stuff like that you know what i'm saying i could definitely see see where i was i was wrong and there's definitely you know things that are more than just meets the eye you know what i mean um at the end of the day at the end of the day the one drop rule isn't something that we should for what i've for what I've, you know, talked and all that, you know, the one drop rule isn't something that we should just automatically go away with, um, just believing, you know, we should go based on what, you know, we should go based on, first of all, we should be dismantling that type of, um, ideology, but we should go be, uh, based on, you know, what, you know, what, what our, you know, ideals are because in the end of the day, everybody's majority of us, we're not 100% one thing. 
You know what I'm saying? So if it sounds like I'm tap dancing, I'm not. <laughs> if it sounds like I'm splaining, I'm not. I'm just uh, I'm, I'm just uh, admitting when I'm wrong. When I'm wrong is when I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? I'll definitely admit that. I'm not I'm not going to be, you know, telling you that nah, fuck that. I'm not wrong. I make 17 videos about how I'm not wrong and then include other people how I'm not wrong into it. And when I include other people, even though they wanted to just talk it out and give their opinion, I see that as a challenge because, you know, I'm too, uh, uh, you know, egotistical and nobody could challenge my beliefs outside of what I think is right. You know, I'm not like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, uh, it is what it is. So I just wanted to give a, a quick, um, I want to give a quick, a disclaimer out there before I read the comments. So this episode is 104. So, uh, 103, 103 episode 103. Um, like I said, very, very, very controversial. Um, uh, I got Godzilla. He says Latinos, Latinos come in, uh, a, in as white, black, indigenous, Asian, and very combination in between 36% of Latin America is white. 21% is black and 8% is indigenous and about 1% less than 1% is Asian. The rest are mixed race. I Googled it, you know? <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. I, I understand that. And the way I saw it, like, again, the way I saw it, I see us as black, but it is what it is. Derek says, I consider myself a mixed black person. I know uh, my 25% European blood isn't going to give me any privilege privileges since I don't look white. Uh, the DHS lady was confused when I marked black and Hispanic since it's not an option. It seems like they exclude and disassociate black Africans from everything. It's like impossible to be any other category and black and African also, which is a hundred percent true. Blacks, uh, black people come in many ethnicities, shapes and colors and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, Wendelie Bell says, uh, I can't wait. For the debate, I love debates. I enjoy Tariq's debates and Phil from the advice. So the African diaspora news, and I would like to see Tariq go against, um, Anthony, Brian, Logan, who, I don't know who that is. Um, I know who Tariq is, but I don't know who Anthony, Brian, Logan is, um, who is this black Republican conservative who believes that white supremacy does not exist. Yeah. See with those, you know, with those coons, because we got them in the, in the Latin community. With those type of coons, I'm not even wasting my time. You tell me a white, a white supremacy doesn't exist. All right, whatever. Um, even though we, I see it almost every day. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like I just pay no mind to it. Rico says there's nothing called being mixed, which I also agree. There's a, um, that's a new term before slavery, the entire world proved their race, you know, blah, 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 which is hundred percent true. You know, um, they, the thing, the thing is, since we, you know, wait, the, I always said, you know, gotta pick one at least, but since, you know, 
I got a new, you know, awakening. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say there is a mix. Um, even though you look like one way, there is a mix. You know what I'm saying? Um, there is a. The, the, the thing is, regardless if you're mixed or identify as Crayola, you're still a victim of white supremacy, no matter what. So, either way, you know, like, what are we really gonna be determining from that now? You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, why, uh, it's. Uh, so what says, why do you always sound like you're eating burgers and <laughs> Now, for some reason, I don't know, whenever I get on the mic, uh, I, sometimes I get water. I have water next to me. Sometimes I got other, other, uh, like soda or I like ginger ale a lot, by the way. Uh, I got stuff like that. So, um, I take little breaks and I drink and for some reason I always get like I always start burping and so I don't know why. So I cut all of those things out. That's why I like to edit a lot. I, I cut all those things out. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so those were all the comments. If you want it, if you wanted to have your comments read, go to the YouTube uh, episode, go to YouTube under this episode, write your comments down. Um, so I started doing something new on, uh, uh, my YouTube, I started to do something new where I have my, my, uh, my little cartoon character of myself animated, um, as I, as I, as I talk. So at least instead of being a picture, you guys are seeing some, some, something on the screen. You know what I mean? So you guys could get in, be engaged in all that. So I started doing that, you know, hopefully you guys enjoy it. You know, I'm, I'm perfecting my editing skills. You know what I'm saying? On top of that, I also, I also did something very interesting. Um, I posted Dylan, Dylan Roof's manifesto. The reason why I posted that up and I also put it on YouTube is because a lot of times us Latin people, we think that white supremacy is just a black problem. White supremacy is just a uh, problem that has nothing to do with us. We, we are, we are transcended than that. You know, we're good people. All we do is work that we have no qualms about it. You know what I mean? That's a black issue. When in reality, it's a non-white issue because um, Dylan Roof, the one who went into the, the black church and started shooting up black people, he wrote a manifesto and he included everybody that he disliked, even Latin people. Would you look at that? Wow. So he put down Latin people and he said something very interesting. He said, um, Latin people, they basically praise whiteness. And which is hundred percent true. I've always been saying that the reason why Latin people praise whiteness is because we're victims of white supremacy. We've been victimized and controlled so much with our images of Jesus, with our images in the media, with, you know, with Latin media, always seeing white people in, um, powerful or good spaces in novelas and all that. And the dark, dark people and black people as you know, fucked up and all that. So, you know, subconsciously we do praise uh, whiteness due to our own detriment. 
And he's not wrong with that. And that's something I'm trying to take us away from because those are chains of slavery. Those are chains in our minds that white supremacy caused. All victims of white supremacy have these, this condition that, you know, whiteness is seemed or is praised or is basically upheld at a certain standard. You know what I'm saying? Um, like it or not, it's a hundred percent true. It is what it is. It's a hundred percent true. You know? So that's what I've, uh, I've, I've seen and, and I've, uh, and I found, but he also said something very interesting. Cause he said in that manifesto, there's a lot of white blood. There's a lot of white blood worth preserving, um, in Latin America, a lot of white blood worth preserving. The thing is they are still our enemies. Very powerful. Very interesting too. There's a lot of white blood worth serving, but yet they're still our enemies. What does that say? What does that tell you? This is what a real white supremacist thinks. And this is exactly what most white folks think and see other non-white people. Now I'm not saying that all white people see non-white people as enemies. I'm not saying that, but they do see the difference. They do see the differential. They say, okay, you might look white, you might pass as white. Cause I give you the pass, but you're different than me. You are not white. You know what I'm saying? So. That was very interesting. He said they are still our enemies. And I said that in one of Antonio Batista's, uh, videos that I came out with. And, um, I, I don't know. I haven't gotten a response yet, but, uh, uh, I, I put that, I put that into the, into the, the video. Let's see what he says when he sees it. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, um, enough talk about, you know, a certain, in, uh, certain mental patients, enough talk. Um, let's, uh, let's go into the first topic. Kim Kardashian, Kim K wants to release C murder. Whoa, holy shit. Now I saw this on Twitter. Everybody was going crazy. Everybody was saying, oh man, C murder, this and this and this. And all that, right? And the thing is, if you really look at, you know, why C murder is, because I really don't know who C murder is, to be completely honest with you. But uh, apparently, he uh, he was involved in shooting or killing somebody that he didn't kill. I, again, I don't know too much about it, but that it's something very interesting that Kim K is putting herself in these type of, uh, talks and positions to free black people, right? As a way to make Trump look good, because let's be completely honest. Trump could have pardoned those people and pardoned more black people. If he wanted to, he doesn't need Kim K to do that. 
You know what I'm saying? She's not doing none of the work. It's actually other people doing the work and she's just a front person to like put it out in the media for a photo op and then that's it. She just goes back to Calabasas home. You know what I'm saying? So Kim K, she's not really, Kim Kardashian is not really doing shit. She's just the face of it. And that's no, hey, I'm just being real. Um, secondly, this doesn't mean a goddamn thing for black folks. Let's cut the bullshit. Yes, yeah, some people are becoming free. All right, thank you very much. Some people are finally having their turn for justice hurt. Okay, thank you very much. Did we really need Kim K for that? Again, I'm not trying to hate. I'm just, I'm just raising a question. The thing is, we know, and most white folks know the situation and the system that we live in. You mean to tell me that everybody in Trump's cabinet is clueless of all these white supremacists committing murders, killing people in Char Charlottesville and all that? No, the hell no, they're not clueless about that. So you think that they're clueless on a innocent black person? It's so easy for them just to, yeah, sure. No problem here. He's a pardon. We don't need Kim K for that. And again, she's not doing shit. She's just the face. The real people doing everything behind the scenes is the real people. You know what I'm saying? But anyway. The thing is, I feel like this has been a front for the very, very, very beginning, right? Um, Kim Kardashian is a Trump supporter. Her husband, um, Kanye West has been cr uh, criticized not only by the media, but his own community as a coon. And the thing is. Kim Kardashian comes out of nowhere, all calm, cool, collected. Oh, let's free this person. Trump just, yeah, sure. No problem. Yeah, it's all right. It's fine. The blacks like me. And that's totally cool. This is a tactic trick. You know why? Because they're, what they're going to say is, well, y'all, um, you know, y'all had, uh, y'all had, uh, Obama in office for X amount of years. He didn't free no black folks. Um, let's say if Biden gets in office and he lasts for four or eight years, y'all have Biden in office. He didn't free no black folks and all this other dumb shit. Listen, Trump ain't doing it out of the kindness of his heart. Let's let's get that the fuck up out of here, right? He didn't wake up one day and just say, "Oh shit." All these goddamn blacks inside the prison. We got to do something about it. No, no. If, if he had it his way, what see murder, go fuck yourself. Who cares? You know, there's that there's thousands and thousands and thousands of black people who are incarcerated unjustly. And on top of that, there's a bunch of freedom fighters incarcerated unjustly most of the black panthers are incarcerated unjustly you know he sh he should if he really want to pardon somebody pardon the shot of shakur pardon king blood pardon all these 
um, radical groups that were fighting for injustice. I'm sorry, fighting for justice in a system that's unjust. And the system took them down. You don't think the system doesn't work? Well, they're behind bars now, right? So why doesn't he pardon those people? You know what I'm saying? Let's keep it real. This is a whole a tactic, you know, let's, and also on top of that, if he really wants to pardon somebody, you, you know who he ended up pardoning, a part, pardoning, pardoning, he ended up pardoning Susie B. Anthony for anybody that knows anything about Susie B. Anthony. Y'all should know that Susan B. Anthony was a staunch, staunch white supremacist female who started the feminist movement just for white women. And they, and she saw black people, especially black men as animals, as inferior. And she even said when black people were getting the right to vote, I will cut off my right arm over a black man having the right to vote instead of me or something like that. I forgot the quote, but that's what she said. That's exactly what she said. And Trump pardoned this person. Okay. Nobody went up to Trump and said, Hey, by the way, pardon Susan B. Anthony. No. Mind you, mind you, we have to go up and above and get white people that Trump likes to part in black folks. We got to do a bunch of circus tricks and fucking cap and gowns and all this other dumb shit, bunch of clown shit, you know, going through fire hoops and all that just for him to pardon a black person. He wakes up one day and just says, Susan B. Anthony. Okay. She good. Come on. That shit don't make no sense. So miss me with that whole, you know, Trump ain't racist shit. You know what I'm saying? Miss me with all that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because to be completely honest, you know, I will also, you know who I would pardon Julian Assange. That's who I would pardon. I will pardon Julian Assange. You know why? Because that white man right there. Um, first of all, there's, there's a few white allies that do good. And you know, regardless of, of what, you know, might happen to them personally. They, they do good like, um, Edward Snowden. That's a white ally right there. You know, Julian Assange, um, the person of WikiLeaks. That's a white ally right there. Why don't you pardon Julian Assange? You know, he declassified a bunch of, he had a website that declassified a bunch of American secrets and a bunch of documents that basically put the mirror back in America saying that you're not so clean, you know, in the, the, in the part of, in, in, in fact to, you know, uphold, 
you know, righteousness and justice. Pardon that person. But nah. He's gonna go and pardon Susan B. Anthony. A racist. <laughs> Are y'all surprised? Come on now. Anyway, moving on to my next topic. Apple and Fortnite. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I didn't think I was gonna talk about this, right? This is something like really out of <laughs> out of nowhere. Um Apple and Fortnite. So in business news, right? <laughs> so what ended up happening was um Fortnite uh sent this message out to all its users saying, "Hey, if you want 1000 whatever in-game credit points or whatever the case is, you can pay 9.99 on Apple or 7.99 um with us through our, you know, through our, you know, in, um website or whatever the case is bypassing apple's 33 i'm sorry or 30 percent take of uh the app store right so apple got wind of this and they ended up basically shutting down fortnite saying no nah, the hell y'all can't do that that's a violation of the app store so we're shutting you down so he took fortnite off the app store right when that happened eb games or whatever their company's called sends a uh basically serves apple a lawsuit you know not only apple but they also did did it to google um, send them a lawsuit saying that it's unfair for game developers, especially with a long history that we have, and especially with the Unreal Engine game engine that we produce for you guys and make for you guys in order for Apple to make metal and have metal and all this other stuff, which is uh, Apple's um, phone graphics uh, chip, um, which is called metal. Um, you know, you wouldn't be having all of this if it wasn't for us. At least cut us some slack and don't take 30%. You know, don't take 30% off. You know, um, come to find out, um, Amazon was granted 15% off the App Store for the first year and then 15% indefinitely. They get breaks. You know, I believe another company all as well get they get breaks, you know, for in-app purchases or whatever the case is. So they get breaks and Fortnite is like, yo, how come we can't get a break either? Which I is totally understandable. It's totally understandable and and, and stuff. So so again, Fortnite, uh, I mean EB EB Games uh sends this uh services lawsuit. Not only to Apple, but Google, because Google took them out also. Then, um, simultaneously when this lawsuit goes in, a video on Fortnite plays, um, on the commercial that Apple played for IBM back in the day in 1984. Uh, basically is this, uh, you know, very bluish gray dystopia 
very like communist dystopia. Somebody um, runs in with a hammer, breaks the TV, and everybody gets off their zombie trance. And Apple made this commercial in 1984, saying that in 1984, the Macintosh would be, you know, revealed. 1984 won't be like 1984, right? It was a stab at IBM being so big and, and, and monumentous, right? Now, Apple is taking the same, you know, theoretically, if you really move back, Apple is kind of going in the same direction very evilly you know very devilish if you would say on certain things that they do so they might they they could be considered a new ibm so fortnite put out this you know the same commercial it was a shot by shot remake of apple's commercial you know but the thing is it said um apple is taking a fortnite away from million of devices don't let um apple um be, no become 19 oh don't let fortnite become 1984 or something like that free fortnite right so it was big big news big headlines and apple a couple of days ago sent out a statement saying that well we won't budge and not only will we not let Fortnite go back into the app store but every other game developer that's with you or every other game that you have will also be taken out now this is very 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 interesting because a couple of days ago actually apple went to congress on some antitrust meetings that they're infringing on other companies um you know uh right to uh to make money and 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 live you know what i mean and the thing is apple right now is proving congress right and those all the naysayers because if you are this massive company and you're literally stopping a developer from making money because of whatever cockamamie rule you made up that's massive power right there that you really can't control you know what i'm saying that's that is massive power right there that's insane so because of that because of all of that um you have some people saying well apple is a, is a tyrant other people are actually seeing apple's point of view i i see both i see where apple's coming from but also i see where fortnite is coming from or oh, eb games i see where uh or is it eb games or what is it I, uh, whatever i'll just call it fortnite for the so i see where both of them are coming from i see where Apple is coming from, okay, I need the, my 30% cut, you know, that 30% is not really hurting Fortnite. Let's keep it real. Uh, those developers on Fortnite, first of all, they are on multiple platforms, multiple countries. They are rolling in dough. That 30% is not hurting them. Let's keep it real. Who's that 30% is really hurting is that indie 
indie de um, app developer with a team of maybe five who made their first app and now it's becoming popular and the app is free on top of that the app is free and people are you know they might have maybe 20 purchases of in-app purchases from that free app of whatever it is that's not really gonna keep the lights on that 30 percent that hits hard for those indie app developers we got to understand that and i see where fortnite is coming from when it comes to that also i see where apple is coming from listen we're big our users use more apps than anybody else. Our users pay for more apps than anyone else. Come fuck with us. You know, so you kind of cause a monopoly, as you would say, to actually um, put yourself in a position where only people fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? Now you got the keys to the castle. And now you bring these arbitrary rules on who could go in and, and what they need to do to go in. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, I see it both ways. This is how technology moves forward. But in the same time, in the same time, technology can't um, be, you know, stifled. You know what I mean? Technology can't be, you know, stopped. Technology can't be, you know, uh, 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 mess with, you know what I'm saying? So I, like I said, I see it both ways. Um, I, I, I think that this is, um, this is just a big, uh, company like uh Fortnite. I think this is a big company, basically, uh, they're rooting for, they might seem like they're rooting for the little guys, but let's keep it real. If Apple settles with them outside of court and Fortnite goes back to that app store and everything's good and, si and they're silent, that means they probably reached a deal where they're probably getting 15 or 10, or Apple's getting 15 or 10% off of their shit. That still, it's not hurting Fortnite. They're massive and they're huge. That, that is not hurting them. Trust me. That's not, you know what I'm saying? So they could, they could, they could miss me with all that, you know, uh, 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 you know, philanthropy shit. You know what I'm saying? Now moving on to my main topic, moving on to my main topic, the zoot suit riots. Now, what are the zoot suit riots radical? Um, it was a riots in Los Angeles that not only involved Latin people, but it also involved black people as well. And it's a, it's an incident and a situation that happened in the forties in Los Angeles to mainly Latin people. And again, these are incidences and proof 
that white supremacy affects Latin people. And this is my goddamn fifth part. All right. Mind you, this series is dark history of America's war on Latin people. My fifth part. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, yeah, I don't want to believe me. Oh my God, white supremacy doesn't affect. All right. Even though I'm showing y'all, this is my fifth part showing y'all evidence. Okay. So let me let you guys know what the Zoot Suit Riots are. First of all, I'm going I'm to give you a small introduction of it. I'm going to tell you what happened before and the aftermath of it. All right. First of all, in 1943, Los Angeles erupts in the Zoot Suit Riots. The worst race riots in the city today. For 10 nights, white American soldiers cruise Mexican American neighborhoods in search of zoot suitors. Now, right now, you guys might be thinking zoot suitors. What, are, what is that? I'm about to explain what zoot suitors are, all right? So, around the 1940s in LA, had a high population of Latin people of Mexican origin. Around that time, discrimination of Latin um, people was not only legal, but self-policed and encouraged. Even though the majority of Latin people in LA at the time were classified as white, those benefits never allocated to real world benefits. We were still considered niggas. Let's be honest. I'ma keep it real. Anyway. So these anti-Latin propaganda rallying campaigns ramped up in 1942 with the Brocero program. Brocero means labor in, in Spanish, which allowed Latin people to move to the U.S. as temporary workers. So this program exploded in the Latin po um, population in East L.A., which caused racial animosity to not only be portrayed to the white media by its shops, schools, and housing, but also, you know, with verbal attacks and verbal, uh, no, and physical attacks, you know, but it was very occasional, you know what I'm saying? Because, because of this program, the, the Latin population exploded, blew up, you know, and this is the, um, one of the main reasons why white flight started to happen. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, this time Latin teenagers had a fashion trend called the Zoot Suits. Mind you, this is the name the media gave it. The, the teenagers at the time were not calling it Zoot Suits. Okay. This is what the media gave it. I don't know what the real name was that they gave it at the time, but whatever. So um fashion trend called the zoot suits it was modeled after many things it came out out of the harlem nightlife and it took inspiration by duke ellington and cab calloway and flashy mobsters these suits were either pinstriped but flashy and baggy the majority of the suits were never brought but most of the time was bought but not all the time but made by other suit materials and the material the main material that was used for those suits was wool. And by the time 
And at this time, you know, this is World War II. Wool at this time is banned throughout the whole throughout the whole country because it was actually rationed off for military use. So a black market arose because of this whole, you know, industry of zoot suits and wool being the main material. The thing is, this made Latin people who wore the zoot suits unpatriotic. The thing is, black Americans were also wearing these suits, but Latin people were targeted more for it. Now, at this time, the white media was constantly ridiculing and putting down young Mexican teens. They would say things like Mexican gang war, um, flared in LA and all that other stuff. Even if nothing was happening, they literally would just start making things up. At this time, it was normal for the media to openly be racist to a group of people. Latin people were getting the most, especially with the greaser scare, saying that Latin people were the majority of dirty people and bringing in diseases. The white supremacists would pin every crime to Latin teens, literally everything. And this echoed across the state for more conservative areas. So in other, so in order to label these rowdy teens, you know what I'm saying? You gotta give these teens a name. They just created a gang label. The media just created a gang label saying, calling them the Zoot Suit Gangs. Mind you, no gang uh, ever, ever, ever existed. There was no such thing as a Zoot Suit Gangs. The media just created that out of nowhere. And that goes to show that the power of I'm white and I say so still holds relevant to this day. If you go to LA, literally people get locked up just for not being affiliated with a gang, just for wearing colors. Oh, you wearing black and white. Uh, yeah, I'm wearing black and white. So what? You part of the black and white 93rd street gangs. Come here. You know what I'm saying? The media does that openly and they always had a history of doing that openly. You know, back in the, in the eighties, it was, it was called the, you know, while and out. They were wildin', black folks are wildin'. That's why, you know, uh, Central Park 5 thing happened, you know? And they did it again recently with the whole knockout game. There was no game called the knockout game. Nobody's really participating in that shit, but the media made it seem like people was. You know what I'm saying? So this is again, another, another uh, you know, again, an another, uh, uh, an another form of, or, or example of what they were doing, right? So the media just made this whole gang up called the Zutsu gang, right? When in reality, no gang ever existed. It was an attire that was hip at the time that Latin teenagers was basically used. In August, 1942, a few Latin people were involved in a fight near Sleepy Lagoon. The next morning, the body of Jose Diaz was found near the fight area. 
The Median police quickly blamed the Zoot Suit gangs without no evidence and started to target and round up hundreds of Latin people randomly, regardless of affiliation. In January 1943, 22 were eventually found guilty for murder, which was later considered a great miscarriage of justice. Does that sound familiar to you guys? Does that sound familiar? A crime happens. A certain group of individuals are automatically labeled and viewed as criminals. And then they say, well, it must be those people, regardless of affiliation, because we live in a system of white supremacy. They could come and violate our rights arrest us and without no proof 22 of us get convicted you know for murder isn't doesn't that sound familiar doesn't that sound familiar so at, even at the time even at the time they saw the verdict was extremely unfair some saw it the way the media portrayed it as you know hey we got a couple of thugs off the off the streets when in reality, no, none of that was really true. There was no such thing as thugs or zutsu gangs or whatever. This is all created to demonize non-white people, to demonize Latin people. Again, fifth part of me showing you guys how white supremacy historically affects Latin people. But here we go. Let me continue. In 1943, a few soldiers claimed, claimed they were verbally taunted by a few Zoot Suit Latin people. To get revenge from this so-called verbal assault, the servicemen went to a Latin neighborhood and started randomly beating Latin teens up. They took their clothes off and burned them and almost beat someone to death. This riot continued to the following days and it even included black Americans getting targeted by these white men. Now, if y'all do not see the parallel of black and brown unity from this type of situation, that right when our asses is getting kicked, they go right along to black folks. And when black folks asses are getting kicked, they go right along to Latin people. If y'all don't see the connection and y'all still dumb talking about, oh, what about unity? Are y'all serious? We are two different cultures. Then y'all can miss me with that. Y'all don't know what the fuck y'all talking about. You know what I'm saying? Y'all do not know what the fuck y'all talking about. Anyway, so the answer to all this was for the police to arrest the victims. The majority of the riots who had black and Latin people fighting military men and policemen at the same time. The riots got so bad that Latin people didn't just take it. There were gangs of Latin people and some black people waiting at the piers 
for military servicemen to come and dock their boats. Ain't that some shit? Ain't that some shit? Because there was one part of the riots where it got so bad that military trained, military trained men got beat up at the pier when they were coming out of those boats by black and Latin people after docking. LA to protect these military men banned. They banned Governor Earl Warren. Banned. Banned all military ships from docking in East LA. Ain't that some shit? Ain't that some shit? So mind you, these riots happened for 10 days. It was all around. It was whites versus black and Latin people. Let's keep it real. That's what it was. It started with Latin people mainly, and then it just transitioned to black and Latin people. Now, let me not be biased here because there was few non-white people towards the end of the riots that got involved around day five, six, and seven Filipinos and uh, I believe was it Thailand people got involved into the riots because when white men weren't, couldn't find Latin people or black people, they would take out their beatings for majority of Filipinos because they were there also, or I think it was a Thai, no, I think it was Korean. It was Korean people and Korean people. So towards the end of the riots, you got black Latin and, and Korean and, and uh, Filipino people all at, at one. All together. Ain't that some shit? <laughs> Ain't that some shit? So, after the riots, you know, these servicemen are all bloodied up, going back home. They all fucked up and shit. Governor Earl Warren again tries to paint California as a bigger than light and clean up the narrative of what really happened. In the report filed, but the Independent Citizens Commission questioned the report and found that the main cause of the riots was racism. From the initial report, the governor said there was no cause for the riots. It was just a happenstance. Ain't that some shit? Ain't that some shit? But after an independent commission found that the cause was racism naming the white supremacist media for faming flaming the anti-latin propaganda with the help of government and the u.s military encouraging it to happen this is when the report came out and it really it shed a big light on racial injustice right due to this the one good thing that came out of the riots was that those 22 people who were convicted in 1943 for the Sleeper Lagoon murder 
were revisited and appealed. Their their whole conviction was revisited and appealed in 1944. So days after the riots in June 1943, basically a week right after, the first lady, you know, um, Eleanor Roosevelt commented on the riots in her newspaper column. The question goes deeper than just suits. It is, it is a racial protest. I have been worried for a long time about the Mexican racial situation. It is a problem with roots going a long way back. And we do not always face these problems as we should. So this is a white woman basically saying, listen, this is racism. This is what it is. And you know what the media's answer to that? Basically white supremacy, because this white woman's off code. She shouldn't be saying that the LA times published an editorial the next day, expressing their outrage and accused Miss Roosevelt of having communist leading ties and stirring race discord. Oh shit. She's a little race baiting motherfucker, isn't she? <laughs> on June 21, 1943, a couple of days after the state un-American activist Co committee under state Senator Jack Tenevy arrived in Los Angeles with orders to determine whether the present suit suit riots were sponsored by Nazi agencies attempting to spread this unity between um, the United States and Latin American countries. Even though he had a lot of evidence that he claimed that he had, no evidence was ever presented to support his claim. At this time, the US government was ignoring the brutality of the US Marines towards the Mexicans. They wasn't saying shit. Many post-world, many post-war civil rights activists and authors such as Luis Valdez, Ralph Edison, and Richard Wright have said that these riots of the Zoot Suit riots actually inspired them. And something that you guys probably didn't know, Cesar Chavez and Malcolm X also wore these type of suits as young men early in the days. Isn't that some shit? Now, what should we learn out of this? That Latin people, we are not any different from black folks when it comes to the eyes of white supremacists. This is another example of white supremacy acting out and showing all showing their ass letting you know that how no matter how many times you want to claim that you're white or believe that you're white you will never be treated as you're white because we will show you if it's not from a manifesto from dylan roof if it's not from sailors coming from overseas and serving our great country, they will still see you 
as a leech in their so-called country that they stole. Remember, keep it real. This should be a testimony to all Latin people that we are no different whatsoever. Nothing good came out of this besides those 22 people whose murder conviction got reversed and appealed. That's basically it. And it really talks about America's deception, America's ideology, a pathology. That's what it really talks to because to actually, to actually admit that there's a race problem is to admit that there's a white problem, not only a white problem, but a white supremacist problem to admit that there's a white supremacist problem is to admit, be honest and look deep within yourself in history to see that everything that you ever did, everything that you ever said, everything that you ever told was either a lie, was either not the truth or was either something to make you, you know, basically go ahead in the, in, in life. That's America's pathology. America's pathology is unrighteous blood shed on a flag sprinkled with uh, feathers and uh, and sparkles. But in reality, it's ugly. In reality, it tells us that no matter how many times we don't call ourselves American, no matter how many times we try to vote, do the right thing, no matter how many times we think that we might get accepted by going to church, recycling, uh, you know, Hey, I'm a start, you know, going and having more picnics. I'm reading books now, you know, I'm not hanging around with the same crowd, no matter how many times. We think that doing that, going out our so-called stereotype will reduce our victimization. You're wrong. And this is not having a victim mentality. This is pointing out the truth of your situation and learning it as a fact and learning to move forward from it. The fact that these riots happened and nothing came out of it shows a very parallel testament of the riots happening now, at least now, mind you, these are, there are more riots happening in Portland. There's even riots happening in Chicago. And this is constantly happening. The fact that's a parallel one-on-one -on -one comparison of these riots and nothing has changed from 92 to the sixties to the forties shows that that's America's pathology. 
They're never going to change. They're never going to admit that they're wrong. You're the problem and you need to face it. When are we going to stop actually accusing ourselves for being the problem and actually point the finger right back at the real, you know, troublemakers when, because I'm telling you right now, I am sick and tired of actually seeing my people in a fucked up light. I'm sick and tired of seeing black people all messed up, no job, you know, killing each other back and forth. I'm start, I'm tired of seeing my people killing each other back and forth in the same situation. When are we going to start saying that, okay, I'm in the system that's denying me these basic human rights. Let me see if I could curve it and try to do it some other way, because there is a way there's definitely a way there's definitely a way, you know, I really don't know what are the solutions for some of these so-called riots, even though some solutions are happening now and that's really good. And those are baby steps, but that's not good enough. I want something done now. The only thing is that America's pathology is wrong and it needs to be pointed out. And until it, it gets pointed out, we're going to be burning more shit down and situations like this is still going to happen. And people are going to still think, Oh my God, what happened? I don't know. What's the, what's the solution for it? Can you stop burning your own places down when that's not the cause of it? Let's get to the cause of it. And that's when things start changing. With that being said, I hope you guys liked everything you hear. I hope you guys liked this little bit of history that took you down. Um, if you want to donate monetarily, I got a cash app dollar sign radical Latino, go to my website, radicallatino.com. There's a donate tab. If you don't want to, you know, donate monetarily, uh, I monetize on YouTube, thumbs it up, subscribe, or go to the podcast app and five star it, you know, help your boy out. You know what I'm saying? Um, and remember people, this isn't just something that happens to one people. We have to understand that it happens to us as well. White supremacy doesn't see anything different outside of white until we start learning that that's when we'll start waking up. All right. Remember, as I always say, I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. With that being said, I'm going to catch you guys. Later.